Marvelites. Welcome to The Pull List for January 31st, 2018. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, joined by... Tucker Marcus. A Tucker Marcus. A singular Tucker Marcus. There are not multiple Tucker Marcuses in this room. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so if you're just joining us for The Pull List, we're going to talk about all the new Marvel comics out this week on sale January 31st, as well as the collections on sale some digital comics some stuff that's on marvel unlimited on the app and all that good stuff for some of the books we're going to make them our favorites of the week and talk about them a little bit more in depth on this week in marvel that comes out in a couple days so stay tuned for that we had a, a bunch of books there's 21 print issues and one digital issue this yeah. week so we got a whole heaping ton of comics for you. I think we should kick it off with All New Wolverine. Tucker, what do you think? Let's do it. All New Wolverine number 30 is written by Tom Taylor, art by Juan Cabal, colors by Nolan Woodard, letters by Corey Petit. You know, this this issue was kind of unexpectedly emotional. Not to say that Tom hasn't taken this book there many times before, as he does so brilliantly. But, you know, this storyline has been so much action and, you know, in the buildup, to a climax of a story like this, your natural instinct is to expect more of that kind of all-out Weapon X action between Lady Deathstrike and Honey Badger and Dokken and Logan. And you definitely get that, but there is some real emotional resonance to this and some really, really unexpected moves that happen. I was really surprised to see where Laura and the gang took this. And I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a super unique, super interesting uh, issue of of not just all new Wolverine, but of our entire stack this week. Heck yeah. We've also got Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number 15 out this week, written by Jody Hauser, art by Nick Roche, and colors by Ruth Redman. So we've got to jump a couple years ahead, and Annie Mae is now a superhero along with her parents, and it's been so fun. Uh, there's this really great page where we see the spider family walking through a tunnel following the lizard, and it's just such a cool way to visually tell the story of where they're going and, and, and follow them around and you know follow the panels and the borders. It's something that is unique to comics. It keeps the narrative moving, but you add on to that, there's this dialogue of Peter explaining why they're heading into what could probably be a trap. And it's like spawn on fantastic Spider-Man dialogue and mindset stuff. It's so good. Jody Hauser crushes it. It was like one of those power and responsibility talks that clicked so well. <laughs> uh, I also dig how the, the book and the story takes the Spidey family and mixes them with mutants and inhumans and has a way to make the story feel both personal, like small, but so big and, and part of the larger Marvel Universe, which is, is so important. Nice. Next up is Avengers 678. This is part four of No Surrender. Wow. What a journey it's been. We are a quarter of the way through this 16-piece <laughs> pizza pie. Oh, my tummy is grumbling and yumbling, and there's Tucker. been tasty stuff put in there. Yes? Please never say the word tummy. <laughs> uh, my estomago is enjoying this so much. It's written by Mark Wade, Al Ewing, and Jim Zub. Art by the 
out of this world, Pepe Larraz, colors by David Curiel, letters by Corey Petit. This issue is really awesome because we get a lot of Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. All the superheroes are kind of still reeling and still reacting to the insanity that's happening around them. They definitely still haven't gotten a hold of what's going on yet. And I kind of love that. I love to see all these characters who so often have a plan, who so often are in control of the situation, be the complete opposite of that. And it's really interesting because Johnny Storm talks about that. He talks about how interesting it is to see Falcon reacting to the situation and leading and and, and taking control in the midst of, of all the chaos going on. Some really awesome stuff happens with Red Hulk in here, and I'm so happy to be able to say that. Red Hulk and his unbelievable Agent M challenging mustache... Well, uh, well, I mean, it's I, it's good. It's like it's a very bushy, lovely lip hugger, but it's not the sort of majestic drapery that <laughs> I sport. The majestic drapery of Agent M. This is a novel. <laughs> yeah, soon to be made into a, a lifetime original movie. Yes, yeah. Heck yeah! Next is Ben Riley, The Scarlet Spider, number thirteen. Written by Peter David, art by Will Sliney, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. So, a little bit of spoilers for the last issue. So, if you don't want to be spoiled about a reveal that happened in the last issue of Scarlet Spider, skip ahead like three or so minutes. But it was revealed last issue that Hornet, ready for it, is actually Cyber. Now, Whoa! You're like, oh, who's Cyber? Well, for many of you, I want to explain. Cyber was a, like a super awful jerk who messed with Wolverine back in the day. He had adamantium skin. He had these like talons, these claws that had uh, toxic gunk come out of him. He was, as I like to say, a real no-good Nick. Cyber debuted in a story in Marvel Comics Presents by writer Peter David, which who's writing Scarlet Spider, and art by the amazing Sam Keith, who, if you've seen the Max cartoon from MTV, which I'm dating myself by talking about that probably, but Sam Keith created that as well. Essentially, Cyber is a sadistic, cool, creepy villain who we get to learn a little bit more about what his deal is here, but this is the end of the whole Slinger's Black Marvel story. And finally, Kane gets to smooch a bit, which always makes me happy. Oh, yeah. From uh, the smooching, we get to a cool Twisted Up universe where Thanos is the main force of galactic justice and Root is a giant carrot version of Groot. I'm talking about Captain Marvel, number 128, written by Margaret Stoll, art by Michelle Bandini, and colors by Eric Arciniega. It's fun. It's got twists and turns, and it hits all the sweet spots for me uh, when it comes to these sort of alternate reality stories. Next up for me is Defenders, number nine. It's written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by David Marquez, colors by Justin Ponsor, letters by Corey Petit. And this is the penultimate issue of the Kingpins of New York storyline. There have been some incredible bad guys, but we also get to see some more kind of superhero reaction in this story as well, which is really awesome to see. And again, as this is the penultimate issue, we leave off in a, in a really interesting place, a tough place, a kind of emotional place, a, you know, as we find out who wants to be, who will be, who might be the next kingpin of New York uh, in the wake of Wilson Fisk going legit. This issue number nine has been a really, really great read and a great setup. Spoiler, the new kingpin is, is me. I'm it. Oh, I'm it. Oh, oh, wow. 
the thing I want to really mention about this one is the awesome cameos in here. Yes. You got there's some villains who show up. There's some a uh, bunch of heroes who show up. Like we get to see Echo, who we haven't seen in a while, and some really cool stuff. Uh, some other characters, but. There's also a cameo in here from Brian Michael Bendis, David Marquez, and I believe Justin Ponsor, um, the colorist, which is part of a 17-year-long gag that Brian Michael Bendis has been doing in his books since the <laughs> Ultimate Universe, where oh, he would do awesome. like crazy uh, cameos and little Easter eggs in police headquarters scenes. So in this, you've got Bendis being arrested and he's yelling at the, breaking the fourth wall, yelling at the camera, getting really meta. Uh, it's, it's very goofy and silly and pays off on, you know, what he's been doing for a long time. Absolutely. And then next up we have Despicable Deadpool 293. It's written by Jerry Duggan, art by Matteo Lali, inks by Christian Dalla Vecchia and colors by Ruth Redmond. This is a really awesome part of the bucket list storyline because it's essentially a Deadpool and Rogue story. You would not expect them to really be best pals. You wouldn't expect them to really choose to to join up. And that's kind of the story that we see happen here. I'm really looking forward now. As you turn the last page, all I'll say is that I cannot wait for the next issue for 294 there's so much there with everything that's happened recently in the Marvel Universe, with everything that's happened recently with Wade Wilson. This issue is so good, and the next one promises to be just as good, and uh, I really can't wait. I'm going to take you to Falcon number four, and the book opens up with a cool conversation between Sean, a.k.a. Patriot, and his mom. And I love Sean's mom. She reminds me a little bit of my mom. It's written by Rodney Barnes. Art by Joshua Kassara, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Anyway, in this issue, we're in hell. Literally in hell. Sam Wilson's soul has been thrust into hell. He's been messed with by Blackheart, the son of Mephisto, I should say. And to sort of try to figure out how to save Sam, Sean calls some friends. But, you know, Sean and Joaquin have a lot of fun stuff in here. They're two great relatable funny pov characters so their dialogue is is so spot on but the meat of the book is the journey for sam wilson through and out of hell and rodney barnes just gives us such a deep look at sam at like who he is how he sees himself how he's flawed uh yet obviously he's this amazing superhero who has been fighting all this fight for so long and trying to do the right thing and believing in in all the things he believes in it's like this is a huge get behind sam wilson issue it's it's really really special i want to give a quick shout out to the cover of this issue as well by jay anacleto and roman ferrado jr it is just insanely gorgeous funny you should say that that is my favorite cover of the week oh yeah nice Moving on to another awesome cover is The Incredible Hulk, number 712. This is The Incredible Hulk versus The Unworthy Thor. It's his return to Planet Hulk. It's written by Greg Pak, pencils by another Greg, Greg Land, inks by Jay Lyston, and colors by Frank Darmada. And, oh man, talk about art. Talk about dynamic art. There's just so much happening here, as you would expect between these two classic heroes that have clashed with each other so many times. You know, who is kind of the ultimate warrior between the two? And the splash pages in here, the kind of panel arrangement, it's so awesome. And to see when Amadeus is 
control, when the green guy is in control, that dynamic playing out as the kind of exterior fight and battle and and all of that is happening uh, is so, so awesome. And this issue, like I said, is all action. It's all out. It's crazy. And we kind of have a really interesting, totally unexpected out of left field turn at the end of this issue that is going to be really cool to see where we move next. Heck yeah. Also so good is Invincible Iron Man number 596. This is Brian Michael Bendis and his crew spinning so many plates. Uh, Bendis writing it, art by Stefano Caselli and Alex Malev, colors by Marte Gracia and Alex Malev. Like I'm excited for what Riri has cooking, what she's planning. Uh, she's dealing with, you know, getting all her tech taken away. I'm you know, worried about Doom falling from grace because he gets pushed to pushed to the edge by the hood and some villains in this issue. And, you know, you see that spark of of the old Doom show up. And then, like, I'm I'm anxious for Tony because in this, he's, issue, in this issue, you could say that we take it to the limit. Yeah, we're gonna take it to the limit one more time. Is that the Eagles? I, I have no idea. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there, there's a moment in the Doom section that made me yell and swear out loud that is just so good. The Tony stuff is really interesting to me. There's there's a lot of talk about identity and adoption in the book that reflects some of the concerns and thoughts that I have about adoption and, and things I think about a lot for the child that my wife and I will adopt and, yeah. and stuff like that. But obviously Bendis is, has and is living through it. So I love to see that he's putting this stuff into the comics and it's, it's a great issue and, and loving it. Also loving Jessica Jones, number 16. We got another blast of Brian Michael Bendis goodness here with art by Michael Gatos, colors by Matt Hollingsworth. Oof. This is Jessica essentially being ready to die just like ready to end it so purple man doesn't hurt her doesn't hurt other people she's like okay this is it this is this is harry potter going and giving himself up Mm. to voldemort wow you know i'm putting it putting it in terms the kids understand very good uh and it's it's so good uh it's awful but lovely at the same time it's like her saying goodbye to luke and danny it it just gets you and has an interesting bit at the end but oh boy Hoo boy, loved it. Awesome. Next up is Moon Girl number 27. It's part of the Fantastic Three storyline. It's written by Brandon Marclair, art by Natasha Bustos, colors by Tom Bonvillan, letters by Travis Lanham. There's a, such a specific feeling and kind of aura to this book. It's just the joy of like Saturday morning cartoons in a way. It's so well done. It's so fun. It's a universe that you just want to jump into and just enjoy every single moment of we get so much great kind of lower east side action between Lunella and Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm is here as well they're doing their thing they're kind of having this great kind of local neighborhood adventure meanwhile of course there's some big crazy cosmic stuff going on with Galactus and we end this issue with a noted baddie that is going to be really, really, really interesting and super duper fun to see enter the Moon Girl vibe. I loved this issue, and like I said, I'm really excited to see where we go next. Plus, this issue has cut out Valentine's Day cards yeah. at the back of it. So it's the best. Up next is 
Moon Knight, number 191, written by Max Bemis, pencils by Jason Burroughs, inks by Guillermo Ortega, colors by Matt Lopez. Man, this book mixes vicious and horrific with cute and funny just so well. Jason's art is so crisp and clean uh, that it actually accentuates all the brutality and the nastiness and, and just the awful stuff on the pages. Uh, there's some really neat mythology stuff going on as well with like talk of the elder elder gods and then the mythos for other gods and they found out how they fit into this story and, and, and go beyond. It's really, really cool stuff. There's a big final page. If you're a longtime Moon Knight fan, it's going to be like a, a what, 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 and oh no type of page. So <laughs> hold on to your butts for that one. Next up is Old Man Logan number 34. This is written by Ed Brisson, art by Ibrahim Roberson, colors by Carlos Lopez, letters by Corey Petit. This is the start of a new arc. This is Moon Over Madripoor part one. And we start off in 1824 which is always awesome. I love to see these kind of flashbacks. It's Mariko and Logan, and, you know, they're still dealing with some fallout of the last story arc and, you know, all of the insanity that happened there with Mariko coming back and with Logan having to deal with that. Of course, there's some bad guy killing. What else would you expect? There's just some really... Ninjas! There's ninjas! The ninjas! Ninja! There's a ninja that gets cut in half, or (laughs) gets cut in half by a ninja. Ninja action! There's a a ninja gets Darth Mauled. Uh, (laughs) Maul gets, like, sliced through his top and his bottom. The ninja cuts a dude from the top of his head down his middle. It's... I I should be more specific. It's like he gets, like, what I love to call the 90-degree angle shift Darth Mauled. (laughs) Uh, and, and, uh, yeah, it's just awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything that you love and expect from old man Logan. Hot tip about writer Ed Brisson. I hung out with him a bit at the creative retreat and he's a solid dude with a huge love for MODOK. So we we became new best friends. I'm sure he loved your mug. He did. I brought him to my office and showed him all my (laughs) MODOK. It was like that cat that shows you all your pokemons can you know you know the the meme yes can i show my pokemons can i show you them <laughs> anyway that was, that was me up next is phoenix resurrection the return of gene gray number five this is one of my picks of the week make sure you read this issue before you read gene gray number 11 and that's right we haven't touched on gene gray number 11 i'm going to talk about that one right after this anyway what the hell this issue is a heartbreaker. <laughs> it's about like saying goodbye. It's about moving on and finding your way in the world. There are some major moments for Gene all over this. Uh, it's written by Matt Rosenberg, art by Lanil Francis Yu and Joe Bennett, inks by Jerry Allen Guilin and Bellardino Brabo, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. I've never been a huge Gene Gray fan, but this gets me more excited for X-Men Red. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about the, the beats that happen in this on this weekend Marvel. Then from that, we go to Gene Gray, number 11. This is the, I think this is the only Phoenix Resurrection tie-in uh, written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Victor Ibanez, Alberto Albuquerque, and colors by J. David Ramos. This is like the capper to her journey dealing with the Phoenix, while at the same time, all the stuff with the older Jean Grey has been happening. We get to see 
her dealing with the Phoenix one-on-one. It's really great. It's good, strong end to her story and to the series. So dug that. I also want to make sure we point out that Punisher, the platoon number five is out this week. So this is kind of a prequel and a sequel for the Punisher Max books written by Garth Ennis. This one, uh, the platoon is about Frank's first tour in Vietnam. So I binged the platoon and it's friggin' fantastic. Obviously very inappropriate for kids. There's intense violence, like really, really intense violence, uh, <laughs> language, etc. It's set during Vietnam with a framing sequence about a writer who's doing a book on Frank Castle. That kind of stuff ties into Valley Forge, Valley Forge. All of the books in this story of sort of Frank in Vietnam were drawn by Goran Parlov, aside from Born, which was drawn by Derek Robertson. This particular issue is a bit of revenge. It's about the horrors of war, of honor and duty, and it's 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 wild. I'm I'm probably gonna go and get have someone give me all the copies of Punisher Max that I've missed because we don't get them in our stacks and read them because this has me so jazzed. My father-in-law is a, a Vietnam vet, uh, cancer survivor, in large part because of uh, what he went through in Vietnam. So I think about him a lot when I read it, and the you know obviously it's a different situation. He's not the Punisher, but he did have to you know he he did serve. Um, so this is really incredible. Obviously, you know it's Garth Ennis, so he he knows what the heck he's doing. Um, Garth Ennis wrote it. Goran Parlov drew it, and colors by Jordi Belair. Highly, highly recommend you pick up all the issues of Punisher the Platoon if you're of age and uh, understand that there's going to be some really intense stuff in this story. Next up is Spider-Gwen number 28. It's written by Jason Latour, art by Robbie Rodriguez, colors by Rico Renzi, letters by Clayton Cowles. Just art that Robbie Rodriguez does with every issue, there's really nothing like it. It's such a unique style. It really is just so different to anything else. There's some really fun stuff with the Mary Janes in here, which is Gwen's band. Of course, Matt Murdock is the kind of big, overarching bad guy in this universe. And, you know, he's scheming, he's plotting. And the last page is something really special and something really interesting, a kind of alternate version of someone we know very well. There's just more awesome alt dimension, alt reality action to come. I really, really, really enjoyed this issue. Next up, we have Star Wars Dr. Aphra, number 16, written by Kieran Gillen and Cy Spurrier, art by Emilio Laiso, colors by Rochelle Roseberg, letters by Joe Carmagna. Aphra is kind of working for Triple Zero in this really crazy, awesome, unexpected, almost role reversal dynamic. There's just some crazy, weird just wonderfully weird Star Wars in this book, as there always has been, as I hope there always will be. You know, amidst all the action, we dive into these little quiet moments that are, you know, who Aphra might be had she not existed in this crazy action. You know, kind of those little quiet moments where you see what matters to her, what's important to her, you know, that she wants to love, that Tolvan has kind of this holds this special place in her life amidst all the chaos. And I'm really excited to see where we go next with Dr. Afra. Next up is my pick of the week, which is Star Wars DJ Most Wanted. It's written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. 
Pencils by Kevin Walker, the incredible Kevin Walker. Inks by Mark Deering and colors by Java Tartaglia. This tells the story of grifter, weirdo, interloper, DJ from Star Wars The Last Jedi, as portrayed so brilliantly in the film by Benicio Del Toro. He's one of my favorite actors. I think he just has such a specific brand of weirdness and kind of darkness at the same time of him. And the character that he portrayed in the movie did not disappoint. I loved it so, 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 so much. Uh, see what you did there. It's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. And Acker and Blacker do such a great job here of getting into his psyche. It's kind of essentially tells the story of how DJ ended up in that jail cell where then Finn and Rose came across him uh, either fortuitously or not fortuitously. It's kind of up to your perspective in the events of the film. If you love the dark, scoundrel-ridden, nasty, dirty, back-alley corners of the Star Wars universe, as so many of us do, this book is for you. I'll get into it a lot more on This Week in Marvel. Again, if you loved DJ in The Last Jedi, this is all for you. I can't help but think of DJ Tanner whenever <laughs> you say DJ and I don't know what that says about me as a person DJ but... Tanner in The Last Jedi yeah uh, last new issue of the week is Tales of Suspense number 101 it is part 2 of Red Ledger this is the Winter Soldier Hawkeye team up book you've always wanted even if you didn't know you wanted it it's written by Matt Rosenberg art by Travel Foreman colors by Rochelle Rosenberg and I believe this will be Alex's pick for the week yeah it's just such a fun buddy cop book I love everything about it I don't want to spoil too much about talking about it because I know Alex has got to get into it but uh, one little tidbit um, Clint Barton picks his nose in this issue <laughs> that's not a reason to read it then I don't know what it is he throws a sandwich he throws Clint Barton a sandwich. man of the people Picks his nose, throws sandwiches. Come on. He's us. He is uh, us. <laughs> it's great. So that covers our books out this week. A shout out to two of my favorite panels. Bendis finally getting arrested in Defenders. And then there's a scene in Moon Girl where Thing is slurping noodles. That <laughs> it, It's just him slurping noodles. And I love it so much. It just, yeah. It's a very Ben Grimm panel. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. We also have a comicsology exclusive digital comic out this week called Black Panther, Long Live the King, number four. It's written by Nnedi Okorafor, who is this acclaimed novelist um, who did uh, Binti, Who Fears Death, uh, and illustrated by Andre Alujo. Andre's art is always incredible. It's uh, a cool story set in T'Challa's world set up by ta Coates. So there's really cool things. If you follow Andre on social media, you know he's got these cool designs. The way he draws Black Panther is just so neat. He gives him an interesting sort of presence. Also, on the Marvel app this week, here are a few highlights for the full list of digital comics on the Marvel app this week. Check out the pull list article at news.marvel.com. Link will be in the show notes. There's a bunch of issues of Marvel team-up from the 70s, so really cool Spidey team-up books written by the mighty Len Wein with art by Gil Kane and Ross Andrew and Sal Buscema, so those are dope. We added Truth, Red, White, and Black 
1 through 7, which is an incredible series from 2003 by Robert Morales and Kyle Baker, legendary Kyle Baker. I love Kyle Baker's work. Uh, It focuses on experiments to African-American soldiers by the government as they were trying to recreate the super soldier serum that gave Steve Rogers his powers. It's a very rough, very intense story uh, not to be overlooked. It's highly recommend you check that out if you've never read it uh, again for the full list of digital comics add us to the marvel app this week check out news.marvel.com and the poll list article link in the show notes digital collections on sale this week a highlight here is spider-man the graphic novels which collects marvel graphic novel number 22 amazing spider-man hooky amazing spider-man parallel lives amazing spider-man spirits of the earth spider-man fear itself it's so good i mean there are some really classic Spider-Man stories in there. Yeah, it's, it's it's such a cool collection, especially for me. Hooky and Spirits of the Earth are awesome. Nice. Uh, and then last up, freshly digitized comics on Marvel Unlimited. Again, we'll have the full list up on Marvel.com, but a few highlights here. Captain America, Sam Wilson, number 24. Captain America, Steve Rogers, number 19. Both of those are part of Secret Invasion. Man-Thing, number 9 through 18. That's just some sick old school 70s stuff by Steve Gerber and Mike Plug. Secret Empire number seven. Spider-Man The Final Adventure number one through four, which is a great little miniseries by Fabian Nicieza and Derek Robertson that was about Peter and MJ after he retired following the return of Ben Riley. Um, it's really, really, really great stuff. Uh, and then Unbelievable Gwenpool number 18, which is 18 issues of Unbelievable Gwenpool on Marvel Unlimited, so you have no excuse. There's so much to dive into. Go get into it. I love it so much. So, yeah, jump on Marvel Unlimited right now. Cool. Um, We do have one email that came into our This Week in Marvel email address, which is twimpodcast at marvel.com, and that came in from Matt Moore. He said, uh, enjoying very much, and he all caps and bold, said enjoying very much the pull list addition to the podcast rotation. Thank you for that, Matt. He says, one question, though. Why no mention of the letterers on the books talked about each week? Again, it's great work, he says. It's wonderfully accessible, edifying, and entertaining. Keep it up kindly, Matt Moore. Wonderful note in from Matt. Thank you, Matt. Always good to hear from you. Um, And that is a great question. It's one of those things that we've been trying to figure out how do we make sure we don't just rattle off lists of names and and we want to make sure that there's uh we keep the podcast flowing and keep it interesting but this is something that i i think about a lot you know because they are an important creative part of what these books are all about and and it's one of those things it's it's like good lettering you know you either don't notice or you're like oh my god that Mm -hmm. really elevated the book bad lettering will completely destroy how you read a comic so I think that's that's a wonderful idea, Matt. We'll try it maybe next week, making sure we add the letters as the credits pages, make sure we don't add too much and it doesn't feel too too off, but uh, appreciate the note. Thank you, Matt Moore. And great use of the word edifying. Hell yeah, I love that. Yeah, get that vocab up. Oh yeah, vocab. If you guys have more questions, thoughts, concerns, ideas, you can email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. You can use the hashtag this week at Marvel. You can use the hashtag the poll list. We're going to look at all that stuff. And again, full episode of this week at Marvel is coming in just a few days. A lot of stuff to talk about. It's going to be fun. Thank you for joining us. This is Marvel, your universe.